world is changing at a rate that we've never seen before. From business to art to sports, these changes are affecting every aspect of our lives. My name is Nick Kastner, and we're setting out to talk with the people who are altering the way things are done. Along with Alec McChesney, this is The Commonwealth. Our episode today is a little different. We are in Grindstone Media's podcast uh, podcast studio with Landon Rhodes, the founder and CEO of Grindstone Media. And Landon is going to interview myself and Alec McChesney, the uh, the co creators of the Commonwealth. So, Landon, thanks for uh, thanks for letting us use your space and taking the time to interview us today. Yeah, guys, this is going to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Um, I've been listening to Commonwealth and love the guests you guys have had on. So this is a really cool opportunity for me. So I'm going to start off and, um, you know, I think there's been a lot of talk about like kind of Simon Sinek, like start with why. So what's your guys' why for the podcast? Why did you want to do this? Yeah, so um, part of the reason I was so antsy to get in the studio is no one has heard Alec's voice up until now. So Hello. I will let Alec answer the first question. I, I was going to say, I look right at you. You start talking right away. Yeah. I was, um, <laughs> so when I was at the Journal Star, we were really looking to um, kind of get more digital try to turn things into a new direction with video and podcasting. And we realized that there was a ton of success with the Husker Extra podcast, the Prep Sports podcast. And so I was thinking of ways that we could really get the city of Lincoln and Nebraska engaged in content um, that was, that was you know, on audio. And so I did a couple polls on the Instagram, on the Facebook pages, and was like, what would you guys listen to? And I, I kind of actually had two pathways of one being like artists, uh, musicians, chefs, um, the breweries, that kind of angle. And then the other angle was this. It was entrepreneurs from Lincoln, from Nebraska, the Silicon Prairie that were making a difference in not only Nebraska, but all over the country and all over the world. Um, And I had not known Nick at the time of this kind of thought in my head. And we were introduced at Duffy's in the back lot uh, over a tomato beer. And about three minutes later, <laughs> um, and to, I, I throw in the tomato beer because that is something I never heard of before coming to Nebraska. Uh, oh, so no. that's, I, that's an essential point for me because um, I was already trying new things. Um, <laughs> and about three minutes later, Nick was like, yeah, I'm doing it. And I was like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. So I literally go home the next day. I have this presentation to my boss and I'm like, hey, we're going to do this thing. And at midnight, Nick is texting me like, I've got 10 guests. Like, here's who's going to be on it. <laughs> Let's ride. Um, and so we were able to to sell the Lincoln Journal Star on it. Weirdly enough, a couple of weeks later, um, I eventually moved on from there and, and went over to Firespring. And Nick was just like, I don't care. Like, we're we're doing it. Um, I've got these guests. This is a story I want to tell. Um, and so I think the why for me just started with telling these stories because I don't think they're told enough um, in, in the public media, definitely in, in mainstream media in terms of newspapers. Mm-hmm. We don't focus on that uh, a lot. And so then it kind of shifted to Nick's why, which might be a little bit different. Yes. Yeah. Very early on, we saw a statistic that entrepreneurship in America is at, is at a historic low. And we, Alec and I are both guys in our 20s, didn't really know how to tackle the issue. But I wanted to go out and talk to talk with the people who may have insights on on the problem that that kind of kicked off the the why for me of let's let's unpack this this lack of entrepreneurship across the country and now it's it evolved into more of a um, broader than entrepreneurship that yeah. even um, even innovation like how how are people applying innovation in different contexts and fields. Mm-hmm. 
across the country and, and even around the world. And I think it just kind of went more into the disrupting the space. You know, mm-hmm, obviously right. you, can, you can talk to anybody, but I will say that when I had the idea, I didn't think the guests that we have on would ever have been on within the first three to five years of it at the Journal Star. Um, so I've been really impressed with just the way that people are interested in talking about it. You know, even, mm-hmm. even the Jeff Rakes of the world, like when you ask them that question, how do we help this cause? Like, how do we get more individuals interested in this? Whether it's music or entrepreneurship, just kind of disrupting an industry. That core question, and I think we ask that at the end of every episode, is what we'll what's to, the yeah, key? That question is what sparks people. And that's kind of now the, the whole show is disrupting an industry mm-hmm. and how do you go about doing that? Yeah. Right. And broad and diverse industries as well. Like I, I was talking to some friends over the weekend and I, the, the last I talked, talked to her about the show, she thought it was only entrepreneurship, but now we, I've, I've talked to fashion designers mm-hmm. and, and musicians and artists that it's disrupting. Athletes. And, yeah. Athletes. Yeah. Anthony yeah. Tolliver. And, yeah. Yes. Any industry they, they may be in that it is much broader than entrepreneurship, which is what, what we first thought it would be. Right. Right. Hundred percent, and uh, having having my own podcast with Spark to Fire, heavily focused on entrepreneurship, um, personal development, and business. Mm-hmm. I found you know what I'm finding right away is like that. That's my love. That's where I started. Even like that's why this whole thing exists is mm-hmm. that I wanted to interview really interesting people. And when I would get into conversations with really interesting people, I'm sure you guys found this too. Is like the first thing I'm thinking. I'm like, man, I wish I could like tell my friends about that conversation. Right. And like you will tell some friends about it. But you're like, I wish I could share that mm-hmm. because. I just learned a ton from that conversation. Absolutely. And there's so much learning that comes along with this. So how do you guys feel like you've evolved, you know, like you as primarily as a host, like I'm sure from the very beginning, like you were rusty and, you know, no one's good at this to start with. Yeah, so absolutely. How has, how have you evolved as a host um, with the Commonwealth? Yeah, that's, I'm going to answer yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm going to answer, I'm gonna answer one. that. Uh, I mean, 10 times better. Uh, I think at first when – that's something that I did for a living. So the comfort level for me was really easy. But for for Nick, it, I think we started out and it was question, answer, question, answer. And right. you can tell in those first episodes that you can just sense a little bit of rigidness. And now it, sometimes I'm like, dude – like we need to go back that way a little bit because yeah. now you can just tell it's it's so freeform and it's awesome. Yeah. Um, so just the comfort level, I would say, I, I just listening to it has improved tenfold. But I also think that's because we're finding more of a niche in what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like the right. guests, you know, the fashion designer, musicians, we're yeah. starting to like really go into a space where, again, those individuals want to be talking about it. They love it. And so it's really like, it's much easier to vibe that way. Yeah. My improvement as a host is probably the thing I'm most proud of throughout yeah. this whole throughout this whole journey that uh, Liz Whitaker is a friend and she was our second episode we released. And the so, so the first one was Jeff Rakes. The second one was Liz, and I wanted to interview interview a friend before talking to a genius billionaire of Jeff Rakes. <laughs> so um, I I sit down with Liz, and I've gone back and listened to that interview, and it's the most cringeworthy. Yeah, and she's your friend, but I even in the beginning there used to be times where he would be like ah, shit, Alec, we'll cut this later. And now, like, that's gone. Like, yeah. that, even, we'll I think the big, yes. I think the big thing is, is, like, the comfort level of even understanding that you are going to mess up. Like, mm-hmm. that's the thing. Is like, yeah. when I did, like, live video for, in journalism when I was in college and right after, it's like, if you say the wrong thing, just be like, that's my bad, and then we move on, you know? Yeah. But the yeah. moment that you start to fumble and you're like, oh, no, in my own head, then you're done for yeah. it, like, for the next three to five minutes. And at first, that would happen. And now it's like, 
let's just let's admit just it and then let's keep talking. Yeah. And and I also learned the best questions are the ones I think of on the spot. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I just got back from London, England, and interviewed. A, an artist, so I, I found the guy because GQ described him as one of the best artists living, and I I came prepared with an outline of questions that once it started, I could have crumpled up the outline and thrown it away. Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah the, the interview went in a completely different direction right. than what I thought, but the fact I was able to kind of think on my feet and and think of thought provoking questions, it, it, it kind of exemplified my improvement. And like like I said, I um, I am incredibly proud of like my my ability to that to get better. Through Throughout, right. throughout this. What does it take to start your own podcast outside of so like the technological side? Um, you know, it's, it's a pretty, you can go super rogue with it. You can go with a cell phone yeah. you can mm-hmm. go all the way up to like where we're sitting in right now. Yeah. Um, what does it take from an outline standpoint, from a creative standpoint to start a podcast in your guys' opinion? Well, first off, this studio is awesome. Thank yeah. you. People need to check this out. Um, but I, I mean, there's a ton of different directions to your answer. Um, now I actually sell you know, the strategy behind um, why you should do a podcast at Firespring. It's mm-hmm. something that we offer because we have a podcast that do more good podcasts. Um, and so I think the biggest thing is commitment. Like if that right out of the Fact. gate, you're done, mm-hmm. right? Fact. Like if, if you tell me, hey, we're going to try it three, four months. It's like, well, then you're done. Like right then and there, that conversation can't go any further. I think that was the biggest thing for us was looking at this. And like, I told him, I was like, even if I didn't work at the journal star, even if I work at Firespring or wherever, I would do this or want to do this on the side, no matter what. And I think that alone, once you have that, um, it's really easy. The, The hardest part for me would have been guests. You have to get people to get onto the show. Mm-hmm. And that would have been the hardest part. But Nick kind of took that over. Um, so then it kind of just works for itself once you get past the commitment aspect of things. You might have a different answer for that, but you might have a different answer for that as well. Right? Yeah, um, yeah. Commitment is a big deal. I A bunch of people ask me that question, whether it's like LinkedIn or I like run into them at like a networking event, that really all you need is a microphone. Yeah, I would encourage a, a better microphone than your cell phone. <laughs> than the one we started. <laughs> that with our computer yes yeah, yeah. and all, all you need is a microphone and an, and an idea um secondly i i would strongly agree with alex alex comment of, of just commitment tenacity that um releasing three episodes you're, you're not gonna get you're not gonna get a broad audience it takes it takes m- weeks months and even years to build up build up a broad enough audience to have it be sustainable. I would flip that question back to you. You know, you do have this incredible studio and and it's brilliant, but what challenges do you see like as your guys are going forward with not only taking advantage of this, but ways to grow? Because you're not really, you might not go up from this studio. Where do you see like pathways for you to even get better at this? Um, so from a podcast standpoint or from like building clients podcasts? From my, me personally? Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So where I see this going is like, this is a great launch pad for me to, you know, essentially create content around myself and my businesses. I want to also, you know, give back to like, um, you know, the community, Lincoln community. And then also I just like, it's, it's really important for me to like, think about legacy. So yeah. like when it comes to, you know, what did you do in your life when you're younger times? Like, I think it's gonna be really cool for us to all look back on this and be like, that's what we were up to when we were 24, Absolutely. 27 years old. Yeah. Like, I love that piece of it. And that's, that means everything to me. <clears throat> and I also want to just unpack what made all these people really successful and just like understand what, what was their tipping point? What took them from a spark to a fire? What took them from taking their concept into a reality? Because once you start understanding and unpacking all of these people's thoughts and ideas and like their routines and habits, that really helps people. 
And I like I was a prime example like of that helping me. So it was really cool to have an opportunity to build this. Now, what I would yeah. say is the biggest uh, hurdle is commitment, 100%. Right. Yeah. Like there's nothing more than that because if you're really committed to anything, you can do it with a cell phone. Like right. if you're really committed yeah. to yeah. it, like pot committed, you're like the world needs to hear this, you're in the best position ever. Right. Your tech can improve um, as you go, but like if you don't have the commitment, you don't, you're not like 100% confident in your idea, right. like don't mm-hmm. waste your time. Follow up question: What podcast or podcaster like started it for you that you were like that? I I need to also tell stories. We should a, all answer this question for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so for me, it's a collection of people: Ed Milet, Andy Frazella, Gary V. Um, those are the top three, yeah. hands down. Uh, mm-hmm. Those guys were a huge impact, not only in like from a podcasting standpoint and Joe Rogan, but from Just a business, general. but but from a business standpoint, mm-hmm. like I I literally was learning tactics that I could apply in business every single day by listening to podcasts. I'm like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. And there's great people in Lincoln, there's great people in Nebraska that mm-hmm. can answer these questions and share this knowledge. So I'm like, you know, like I'm gonna do it. Yeah. What about yeah. you guys? God. Um, so as a podcast fan, I started pretty young with, uh, with This American Life and, uh, and Serial and S-Town, the, uh, the NPR ones as I've like created this, my own podcast, uh, Kara Swisher with Recode mm-hmm. Decode has been my, has been my go-to. I've listened to hours, uh, hours and hours of her content. And then, uh, I also like Dax Shepard's podcast. Yeah. Joe Rogan, of course, he's kind of the the king of the godfather. space. Godfather, yes, the godfather <laughs> of it all. Um, so those are probably my top three. Right. You know? I mean, Gary Vaynerchuk is I. Everybody that listens to this that went to school with me is annoyed right now that I'm even talking about this because of how much I used to just put him on people. Like, mm-hmm. it, like just the way it was creating content, it didn't matter what it was. He was just doing it. Um, but Matt Diavala, who has the um, From the Ground Up show, is fantastic. If you guys have not listened to that, um, it is it is really good. And he kind of had the same idea um, as, as Nick and I, but it, it had nothing to do with entrepreneurship. It was really just creator. So like, mm-hmm. you know, other photographers, he now does more video than, than podcasting. He's kind of moved from that space. Um, but the stories that he was telling, I was listening to, I was like, wow, I'm a 23 year old or 22 year old at the time. And this person was working at the exact same job I was. And now they're a millionaire. And you're like, how? And it's like, well, I just didn't want to be where I was. And so I started doing something different. Yeah. Um, and that's what eventually led to me leaving the Journal Star is like that you just weren't in a spot that you wanted to be. Um, and over and over again, you're like, oh, it's okay. But then you get this positive messaging in your ears, the optimism that comes from those guys, Joe Rogan and Gary Vee and Matt DiVella. And you're like, wow, I can actually control this. 100%. Yeah. And that also sparked the love for I just think that people will listen to anything if they are interested in it. Video, yeah. audio, whatever it is, if yeah. it's a topic they're into, they will find it. The uh, the From the Ground Up show was one that w- when we first started creating this, we, we went back and pointed to how they started and mm-hmm. their first 10 episodes and, and kind of matching our our guest list with theirs and yeah. and really modeled how they got their start to, from, the beginning. Yeah, yeah. from the beginning. Yeah, that's – so yeah, I'm sure my team is rolling their eyes at the same thing when it comes to Gary Vee's content because it's it's just so right. And um, I, I learned so, so much from that when I was getting started in marketing in general. Right. Um, just the the rogue nature of like, if you don't have money, this is what you do. Yes. And like, because a lot of times small businesses and like startup entrepreneurs don't have a lot of money. So like those tactics and those skills that he shared with the world for free, mm-hmm. people's businesses and lives are literally changing. Better. And yeah. like when when I saw that happen, I'm like... And I have to like do something to give back like this because I just think that that legacy is is a really big deal. 
I am not a big Gary Vee guy. I, I just annoying. don't. I just don't get it. <laughs> I annoying. I have actually. I have, but there's yeah. There's a lot of people. I yeah, will tell yeah, you. I, I have gone in waves because when I like when I first started listening to him, I was on and up like going into journalism. You know, I was at the Kansas City Star, the Tulsa World, and I was like he was driving the reason I wanted to work 70 hours a week. And then when I hit a rut in journalism and I didn't want to be working 70 hours a week because I didn't find it like productive, I would try to listen to him and I would be pissed. But then eventually I was like, he's telling me the exact thing that I need to hear of like, if I am pissed about the 70 hours a week, change it. it. Like that, it just is that simple. I get that sometimes people, like I, I hear this all the time that people think it's fake from him. And I, I just think the one thing that it's not is that like you can say he is not as smart. You can say that he got lucky. You can say all this stuff. But that dude works. And the reason he does it is all value. And that's I think that's where we kind of had a disagreement about our show is I listen to the people that he interviews and I am motivated. Like I find it inspiring. And he's like, I just think they're like, it's really cool stories. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't call it inspiring or motivating. And I'm like listening to Jeff Rakes talk. Oh, I'm motivated, Absolutely. you know? Yeah. And I, and it's, so it's like, I think that people get out of different contents. Like someone's going to listen to the fashion designer and be like, Oh, that's a really cool story. And Maroon five, other people are going to be like, Wow, I can now. I know I can come from small town Nebraska, and I can do that, achieve yeah. these things. I think so. Um, I, I have th- put a lot of thought into that since we had the conversation. Yeah. And inspiration and motivation are two separate things. That's true. I, I would say Gary V is more of like motivational. Like yeah. get off your ass and do this. And mm-hmm. I, if I, if I can even use this word to describe something I create, would be more inspirational. Of like you, you, you hear from these thought leaders and be like, okay, I can, exactly right. what Alex, Alex just said. You're, you're unlocking what's possible for these people. Right. You yes. really share, you like spotlighting that. Mm-hmm. So that bringing this back to Commonwealth, where is this going? Like we, we have a really good start. You guys had a great start and we'll get into your numbers later about mm-hmm. how it, how it grew, but where is it going? What's the direction? Yes. Yes. So, um, Obviously, I'm I'm from Lincoln and spent a bunch of time in in Omaha. So when we started, I went around and, and interviewed all the big players in my market. As as I approach moving it f- further, um, I would obviously like to expand the audience outside of Nebraska. Basically, my approach for the next six to twelve months is to go wherever I can stay for free and interview people in that area. Um, so I just got back from London. One of my best friends, Lauren Bruning, allowed me to stay on her couch for a week. Love it. Yes, um, and I had. Eight interviews lined up. I uh, three people for a variety of reasons I, I could meet with, but, but I um, I have five episodes in the can. So in February we'll have like a London takeover of the Commonwealth. Cool. Yes, I like um, that a lot. Yes. Then I'm going to Winter Park for four months to uh, be a ski bum and create content in um, in the mountains and also in like the Denver Boulder area. Um, but I, I always plan to use Lincoln and Omaha as just kind of a foothold of like go someplace, come back, do a few episodes in, in Lincoln. Or go to the next place and sort of repeat it. And and like for anybody watching or listening to this, that is the sort of tenacity you have to have if you're going to grow a meaningful podcast Mm -hmm. or grow anything meaningful, Mm -hmm. by the way, is like you have to be willing to go live on somebody's couch for a week to get it, get it done. And like I, I envy and I really respect that because, um, I know how important it is to like gra- grab that content and make sure that like you've got content pumping out every single week. So yeah. your dedication to that is, is really inspiring to me just Thank in you. general. So that's, that's really cool. Yeah. And, and someone asked on, on your, um, on, on the building up 
building up content piece, someone asked why when I got back from London, why are we are we waiting until February? And batching content is very just important in podcasting. That I was over three days in London. I I interviewed five different people, and that's a month of content. Um, and so we have that built up, built up through the start of January. That we're not releasing any episodes around Christmas and the New Year, right. mainly because with the holidays, we actually took a um, a play from Hannah Houston's playbook. She said over the on on our episode that I asked when she's releasing new music, and her comment was that she she's holding off until the start of start of the New Year, just because when when you release things around the holidays, it's the holidays. So after hearing that, I was like, we, we should do the same thing. Right. For for our show, um, so then in January uh, we're uh, we're finishing up all the all the episodes I've I've made locally, and then on to London Winter Park, and then I'll be I'll be back in in Nebraska around April to make some more episodes. Yeah, so creatively, I think the idea of like you going and living in an area, and then just like blitzkrieging the whole area for like the most interesting creative people, and then creating like you like going around to those different segments of the world. I think is a very interesting take and I have not heard of anyone else doing right. that. So yeah. And that's something. Yeah, well, thank you. And as yeah. I talk to different podcasters, my studio fits in a little duffel bag that, that, that I carry with me that I can, I'm able to get these big names, big name guests because my pitches, I'll make it as easy as for you as possible. We can do it in whatever conference room or even your office. And then I show up five minutes before the meeting. I'm able to set everything up and it, it's no, it's no, it's hardly any skin off their teeth, but besides the, uh, the, the limited time. Right. Yeah, I, it, I, you said it like it, it blows my mind that this is what's coming out of this. Like I, when I had this idea, you know, I was thinking people would come to the journal star, you know, or we'd be calling places, not living on a couch in London, not, you know, flying to LA and doing all this stuff. It's, it's awesome. Um, and everybody should listen to it just because of Nick's tenacity, like just the tenacity aspect and then stay for the content that you're getting. You know, I think it's, it's brilliant. Yeah. Well, I, um, I hope the content is good enough for people to stay. Well, yeah. Uh, well, that's, that actually brings me to a, kind of my next, my next question. So talk about your growth from the very beginning. What was it like when you drop your first three episodes versus like, what is it looking like now? Um, if you're willing to talk about numbers, you're very welcome to. Um, but I, I imagine it's pretty good. I think numbers in almost any capacity, and, and, and I'm, I'm sure you feel this being the CEO of, of your own company, that um, it could always improve. Of course. Yes. And that, that is sort of what, that, that's what drives the tenacity is like, re- regardless of the amount of zeros at the, at the end of my audience, I'll want to increase the number. Um, so we started our first, we released four episodes in two weeks with the thought that if, if someone came to one episode, there'd be more than one to listen to. Right. And those first four episodes were Jeff Rakes, Liz Whitaker, um, Jeff, uh, it was Bulu and Nelna and Nell. Yes. And Nelna. Yeah, yeah. And so the <laughs> totally. Bulu episode, when, when we first, I, I had probably made four or five episodes when Bulu went through a restructuring and laid me off. It's the best episode. By Honestly, God, God, I, the best. That, that was my, j- just the content. You can talk about the content of the episode a little bit, but yes, I'm yeah. super interested to like, people will love that one because yeah. it's a weird take and it's like, it's not normal. Nobody yeah. does that. No one does Nobody that. Nobody does that. that, that I can that's what made that one so special is no one does that. Yeah. So I basically recorded my exit interview, um, <laughs> which is awesome. That's, yeah. It was, yeah, that is awesome. It was cool. Um, it's our most played episode, yeah. um, by far huddles quickly catching up. Yeah. But, um, part of it, like the, the title is the founders of Bulu laying off our host. Yeah. Like that, <laughs> that causes people to click on it. Yeah. yeah. Um, great so bait. between the Bulu and Jeff Rakes, 
episode, people were talking. Yeah. Um, and uh, we, we got off to a, to a strong start. So between those two episodes and then our teaser, we had 900 plays in the first week, yeah. which I was talking to market or marketing expert and podcast host, Ali Schwanke, yeah. um, who is actually a guest later on um, in this timeline. And in her comment, when I gave her that, like those numbers, she was like, you should be incredibly happy with nine. Like the fact you got 900 is, yeah. is pretty, is pretty remarkable. I would say that the, the setting, the expectations was hard, um, mm-hmm. b- mainly because we differed on them yeah. because for, for Nick, it was almost like, I, I, I think and I know this content is awesome and it should be in, it should be, you know, in the thousands, if not the, the ten thousands. And I was kind of like, honestly, I don't know how a couple of the episodes are going to going to do. But like Jeff Rakes, if, if that doesn't have five thousand, I would be I would be shocked. And it, and it didn't. And, I, and you kind of look at it and you're like, well, you know, I get it. But Jeff Rakes name alone. And I, we've kind of seen this is that that episode is going to consistently get plays throughout. Oh, yeah. Same with Huddle. Like if someone comes because they saw the episode with Ian Houston and they're interested in this whole like industry, this world is going to see Huddle. They're going to see Jeff mm-hmm. Rake. So we've seen that those numbers actually steadily increase. Every time you get a new listener, yeah. they're more likely to go back to those two specifically um, and Bulu as well, just because yeah. that episode itself is and awesome. It, and it was interesting after the Huddle episode, uh, the Mike Dunlap from Nelnet episode and the Jeff Rake's episode grew at a unproportional rate to the re- to the rest of them because um, both Mike and Jeff were early investors into Huddle and the Huddle founders talk about the importance of that relationship with them. Yeah. So once you got, got done with the Huddle episode, the next two episodes they were most likely to click on were the Mike Dunlap and right. Jeff Rakes one. Makes, makes a lot of sense. Yes. Yeah. Good lead in. Right. Yeah. But in terms of numbers and growth, I just, the way that I see it is like right, right where we are right now, it's enough for us to continue doing what we're doing as Nick continues to fly across the country and the the globe. Mm-hmm. I think that's where you have to start seeing tangible, you know, growth increases. I think that comes from if all of a sudden the London episodes, you can see there's 750 to a thousand people specifically in London listening to it. It's like, Hey, now we're starting to like creep into these other markets where I think even though I, I do believe that people in Nebraska will listen to th- these stories, you just know that all of a sudden Denver, LA, Chicago, London, those markets are more known for this type of content. Mm-hmm, like right. they take this in all the time. Um, so it, it, it's going to be really interesting to me as we put up these types of episodes. Are they being taken in by people in Nebraska or are they being taken in by those individuals in the top markets? Um, because if that's the case, then we're cracking in and we're stealing a piece of the pie. Even if it is just a small, small piece, that's a positive, you know, growth start. Yes. Yeah. And I guess I'm most, our biggest uncertainty as we leave Nebraska is will our Nebraska audience stay? Yes, stay. Yeah. Um, and I would argue like based, I'm one of the only ones who consume the content I've made in London. Um, um, and I think there's a few in particular that are good enough that they'll, they'll, they'll stay. Yeah. They'll stay. Right, right. Hopefully, fingers crossed. So I've got a couple more questions for you. Yeah. And the next one would be what – so one, send two, two-part question here. Mm-hmm. One, would you recommend anyone start a podcast after going through what you've been through so far? Okay. And then second question is uh, what advice do you have for them as they start doing this? 
What I recommend. My answer is going to be way better. Yes. So you go first. Go ahead, start. Okay. Uh, um, (laughs) So yes, absolutely. If you're interested, do it. I I would also think through, and and we we could have maybe done a better job at this from the start of really think through like what you want it to be. And and we sort of figured that out as we went along. Like if you're interested, yes. And then also spend a lot of time thinking through like, what is it going to be? And also, so I, um, Brian Ardinger, who has, who has his own podcast and he was a former boss of mine. He sent me, a, uh, he sent me a, a podcast on how, how to create a podcast and the, yeah, there, <laughs> there, of is, course. there, yeah, there it goes. The, and the one stat they use is tidbit per minute. So how many like pieces of information can the listener get per minute of listening, which is sort of an intangible, intangible, stats to keep right. track of but that it reframe I, and I listened to it twice before my London interviews and it, it reframed the both the questions and like how I'm digging at information while you're thinking through what your podcast should be think about the tidbit per minute mm. metric you go way more technical because um, the answer for me is absolutely um, and I kind of fall onto both Gary V and my other idol in the world is Stephen King um, and it, it's just to physically create I, I actually think that you can start without an idea um, the idea is awesome you know like that's great the fact that we had what we had and there are other places you know when you're talking about Huskers like you can just talk about it um, but the, the concept of literally just creating something you're going to learn so much about yourself and if you don't pay attention to the numbers at all at start and you just create you're not only going to learn if people like what you're talking about if people like hearing the sound of your voice but the amount of confidence that you grow from just hearing yourself over and over again and you start to develop those skills, like it's going to take you in any other direction. You might not know it. When Nick started this, I, I always ask him, I'm like, hey, what do you want to do with your life? And he's like, oh, I'm going to be an account manager. Like that's what he was, you know, and he could be a salesperson. He could be a marketer. And now he's like, I'm a journalist who tours the country and the world and I record podcasts. And I texted him the other day and I was like, hey, do you want a job? F no, job sounds terrible. I'm doing this forever in any way. Yeah. And it's and it's and it's just the like job sounds terrible. It, the way fun. that you the way that you learn, the way that you grow from creating that, I don't care if it's you and your buddies just sitting down to talk about what you think is going on in the NFL. Um, I won't listen to that one. But it, you have to start with that. Um, and then mm-hmm. as you learn, it's like the reason I said Stephen King is he said, you know, in, in his book on writing, it's write two thousand words a day, then write five thousand words a day, then write 10,000 words a day. And everyone's like, well, what are you writing about? doesn't matter. Just start. Like he started carrying, he was writing about this one thing. And then four days later, he started carrying. You know, it's like you have to go on that transgression uh, and growth as you as you build this out. Going off a point you just made, not not focusing on the numbers has been very challenging for me. Probably my biggest challenge. Um, He's an achiever. Yes. You want results. You want want, want growth. You want movement. Yes. And the the subscriber number, uh, I'm I'm sure you've looked at the like hard data of a podcast. It fluctuates pretty pretty greatly. And for us, the fluctuation really dictated based on the guests that week Mm -hmm. that we had. What like Huddle, Hannah Houston, and Runza like all back in back to back weeks, and uh, that caused our subscriber number to skyrocket. Um, And then then a couple weeks later, that it 
fell back down. Yes, right. fell back down. And that, like, I just it was a, it was a, it was a tough week for me, you know, because yeah. um, I and I check it every day. But one of my the artists I talked to in London, his comment was, um, "Do it just because you love to do it, yeah, and don't worry about how many like if, if people are if people are listening, that's great, but focus on on why you love to do it. Not only why you love to do it, but there are four people who listen to it, and the four people are like damn, I needed that today or that is awesome, then that's worth it. Like for me, like you might not make a living off of it, but if, as like a side project or, yeah. you know, if you're able to to make make ends meet and make it work, like that alone, the the love and the value that you're getting out of it, plus anybody. Like I'd rather have 150 just lo- like who just love the show than 500 who yeah. don't come back next week and they don't really care, you know? And so I think just kind of working through that and almost erasing it from at first, I was, we weren't even sure if we should give Nick the access to like, to be able to look at him. <laughs> yeah. He'd be like, I'm like, I'm like other places text me and I'm like, yeah, like, dude, you're creating great stuff. Like at the end of the day, I think what you said about legacy is like, we could end this in two years. He could have, you know, over 75, 80 episodes and he could go on to be, and he's going to be at whatever he does, extremely successful. But in 25 years, he's going to be able to show kids, my kids, anybody Mm -hmm. else like, Hey, these are these people that left an impact on the world. And I also left an impact because I helped tell their story. And like, it doesn't matter if there are 4,000 listeners, four listeners, he told that story. So it's like that. That's what you, that's why you should do things like this. And and like the way I look at this too, like when it comes to like ending a podcast, so it's okay to make a piece of completed work and for it to end. Like a lot of people think I have to do this forever and it's now it's my thing and Mm -hmm. I'm going to live my life and like, this is my life now. It's really okay to make a hundred episodes of a podcast. I mean, like depending upon what you want to happen, you want to happen, you want results, you want to make make a living off of it. Yeah. Yeah, Don't plan on stopping anytime Mm -hmm. soon. If it's, if it's something where you're like, look, this is a passion project. Like I just got to do this for myself just like you said, then it's, that's, that's all right. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah. And the, um, the one thing, cause when I was in London, I had two of the, of my guests I was most looking forward to, to they, it was scheduled in on the same morning. And for two very different reasons, they both canceled on me. Tough, tough morning. And, um, the thing I kept on telling myself was I need any other reason to quit besides that it's too hard. Mm-hmm. If, if I can think of anything else to stop doing this besides that it's too hard, I, I will, but I couldn't think of anything. Like it's, it is hard growing an audience and it is very, very hard to get people to listen to something you make, but that is not a good enough reason to not do it. No, no. Like that's so my next question was going to ask, like, what's your guys' biggest challenges with this? So obviously growth, getting the numbers, Mm -hmm. especially when you're, you're really focused on them. Right. Um, What about you? It, I'm, I'm actually going to, uh, you said passion project and then I'm going to balance that, um, with this answer and a question to Nick, because I, I think it's really interesting. And I don't know if we've ever actually gone in depth about it. And the the, in the show, the people who listen to this will be interested. This is the place. If, yeah. if Bulu doesn't lay you off, mm-hmm. how different do we look right now? Because the reason I, I, I said that and I asked that is because the follow-up question of what the hardest thing for me is personally is still working 52 hours a week at at Firespring and loving what I do there and, you know, and just having all of that brain like over here. Mm -hmm. And then still, this is just, it's purely passion project. Like I just love the content Nick produces. I love podcasting and it's, it's frustrating that I can't give more to it. And so I wonder if when, if you were laid off at Bulu, if we would probably be doing the same thing we're doing, it just wouldn't be as intense. 
And so, like, where do you think you would be if that doesn't happen? If the Bulu layoff didn't happen. So um, I was reflecting on that this morning, that the original thought was we do we would do seasons mm-hmm. and that the because we first committed to doing 10 episodes yeah. and what we've done, like 15 episodes now. Yeah. Um, so it would probably have looked like we had done our first season and it, we would be taking three months off to make right. the next season. And the guest would probably be way different because you wouldn't be able to just travel or yeah. like go and make it work at three o'clock in the afternoon or 10 a.m. or like yeah, whatever like right. that. Yes. And Landon mentioned this at the start that I really value both the connections I'm making and the things I'm learning from my guests right. that there's um, and like most of it is caught in the episode. But there's a bunch of because I spend hours and hours researching the people beforehand. Right. And there are like this has caused like 10,000 gears to just constantly grinding in my head. Even if we can grow this audience to a way that we can monetize it, that it, right. it, it is legitimately like my full time gig for a couple of years. It it's tough to retire on a podcast. Right. That I will have to segue this in into doing something else. Yeah. And uh, the amount I've learned from my guests and the connections I've made, it'll it'll be invaluable as a exactly. forward. Yeah. <clears throat> I could totally I could totally see us being forty two years old and working full time and all you probably have your own company so you don't have to work um but I do um mm-hmm. and I'm working for your company and yeah. we're still producing this on the side you know yeah. like I I I yeah. don't like I think the the you you made a really good point of like you have to be okay with it ending and also you have to be okay with just doing it because you like doing it. Like mm-hmm, we used yeah. to, we used to, I, I kind of started this thing when I was in college. It was called the sports table and nobody read it. Nobody mm-hmm. cared, but it's how I got in journal. I just loved writing. And yeah. I was like, I'll write 50 articles a week. Like it, it's just the way that I like to do things. Um, and so there's always going to be something like that for me. And I, I, this is the type of content that I want that to be, mm-hmm. you know? Okay. Well, as we kind of come to a close here, guys, this has been amazing content. So I've got a couple, uh, just one more question here for you. Um, who is your dream guest? Each of you. Wow. Um, like we're talking all the way to the top. So Always. like anyone in the world? Anyone. Okay. Dream so you guest. No, I, you have to, I'm thinking, um, Landon, it's you. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a host. Oh, I want you to be it's, a guest. It's, it's, yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I want it to be reversed. You need to, you need to shoot a little higher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To be um, honest. So I, I get this a lot. I'll, I'll, I'll throw out a few of them. So Barack Obama would be amazing. And then Ellen would be like spunky. You know, she's Ellen. She'd be a lot of fun. Um, and then I would, LeBron. Mainly because similar to Anthony Tolliver, like when you click on the Anthony Tolliver one, he's an NBA basketball player, but we hardly talk about his career on the basketball court. It's all what he's the investments he's made on the side. And LeBron is so much more than basketball that I I have almost no interest to talk talk to him about what he does on the court. But he between his like activism and his investments, uh, he's gotten into content creation. If you uh, watch his his HBO show. Um, So probably those would be my top three. I, I, we have to go back to Gary Vaynerchuk. I mean, I, I, I can't even imagine if I could get into a podcast setting with him, you wouldn't host it. Cause you know, I would have to do that one or I would yeah. actually <laughs> want you to host it. So that way you could learn like, and like you guys could like kind of go back and forth with like yeah. a different point of view. But like, I would just, I mean, I would just love to talk to him for 45 minutes about anything. Um, I really like LeBron one. I think the, the shut up and dribble stuff, like you're right. The content that you could produce off of that, that's, that's not related to basketball, um, would be incredible. Um, I stand Cronky, um, um, because my childhood team was the St. Louis Rams and he up and left and took him to LA and everybody in St. Louis hates him, but it was a business play. And so I would love to talk to him about how difficult 
making decisions is like when you have all of these people that are going to absolutely hate you for a decision that realistically you have to make one way or the other. Like if you stay, people are going to hate you in LA. If you go, people are going to hate you in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Um, right now when I make decisions, my girlfriend and my dog are unhappy, you know, like, so it's like when, when, when you make decisions like that, like how do you deal with it and, and how do you just kind of balance all of that? Um, I think that would be great, great content. He would never do it. He would never appear on that podcast. I was going to say that no. that one would be, that would be really interesting. Yes. Just yeah. to, the, the tug and pull on either side right. of that. So, um, I would have to say yeah. Elon Musk. Like, uh-huh. hand, like hands down, like honestly. Um, so, so Kara Swisher, the the podcast I yeah. said earlier, she has an interview with Elon Musk, and it's she goes, it's like late at night, and what's especially if you look at hard audio, you can kind of get a sense of space based on what it sounds like. And she uh-huh. shows up to his office, and you can even tell that it's like an empty office and late at night, and it's like six thirty at Tesla Inc. And she shows up, and then they have a really just intense conversation on the future of the world. So check the, check that out; it's really good. Definitely going yeah. to. Yeah, that's in Kutcher would be great. Ashton Kutcher, yeah, would be for his start, for his involvement in startup, yeah, like absolutely. his Google and like everything with like Acorns and mm-hmm, everything like yeah. that's just the beginning for that dude. Um, mm-hmm. Get a lot of really interesting stuff. I'm going to pass this back over to Nick, um, the host of the Commonwealth Podcast, and thank you guys for coming in here today. This was awesome. Uh, yeah, thanks again for uh, thanks again to Landon and Grandstone Media for letting us um, letting us use this use the space and Landon's time. Um, if you like the show, tell your friends about us. Um, I have a whole little outro that I normally pre-record, but I'm I'm blanking on. I Landon, go ahead and tell us where people should should find you and and listen to your stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we're launching a podcast called Spark to Fire, which is uh, where innovators, entrepreneurs, and overall studs in their field are going to unpack. You know, we're going to unpack what made them successful, um, understand their habits and routines, and what you know what failures that they made along the way, and how um, our listeners can avoid them. Uh, you can find that at Spark to Fire podcast on uh, everywhere. And and uh, it's going to be recorded here in the studio. I'll be making uh, making trips out to CEOs' offices, I'm sure, as well. So mm-hmm. that'll be a lot of fun uh, putting together a mobile kit for that. And um, But yeah, that's where you can find us. And then the company is uh, Grindstone Media. We're actually in Grindstone Studios right now, which is our uh, podcasting portion of the business. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for your time and attention today. I appreciate yeah. it. Uh, you can you can find us at Grindstone Media everywhere on social. Awesome. But thank you guys for coming in. I appreciate yeah. it. I'm ending it with one thing. Your podcast, Nick's podcast, The Commonwealth, a lot alike just because there are multiple people creating this type of content does not mean you can't listen to both. The stories that you're going to tell, the stories that Nick's going to tell are incredible in both ways. Um, and just because one person's going to win doesn't mean we're not all going to win. Yeah. Um, I have, I have a, actually something really important to say about that too. Um, so when, when I, when I was thinking about starting a podcast interviewing the same, you know, a lot of like what people consider like the same as everyone else. Yeah. Like there's mm-hmm. a lot of podcasts like this. Out yeah. There. Yeah. And And, you know, like for a second, that really tripped me up. And then I started thinking, I'm like, well, that's interesting, but no one has my experiences. No Uh one has my perspectives. No one has my company. No one has my, I mean, some people may have my questions, but no one has, no one is me. And and I'm not you. I'm, yeah. You're going to ask completely different questions and you're going to ask have completely different questions that build upon the conversation mm-hmm. that I will have. So like to anybody that's thinking that they can't start something like this, like, yeah. like Alex said, like you can, there's plenty of room and that's why we do this. Yeah. Like the way, why we're going to be on each other's podcast is because mm-hmm. it, you're growing something, you're, you're sharing the wealth, you're sharing the common wealth of knowledge. And, and like, that's, that's the whole point. 
is just uh, to, to help more people and expose winners and complete studs in their field. You can't yeah. drop these mics, but you should after that one, Layden. Put it down. Like just, <laughs> just like lower it a little it. bit. See like, you guys. Lower, lower it a little bit. All right. It's over. Go home. I'm done. Well, thanks. Thank you, man. Cutscene. And that is it for today's episode. Thanks for being a member of the Commonwealth. If you enjoyed this conversation, please tell your friends about us and leave a review. If you're interested in helping us grow this community, please invite your friends to like our Facebook page. The link and directions are in our show notes. We release episodes every Monday, so stay tuned for next week.